right, shalom, shalom, peace, peace. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in the Chavah's sight. He is our strength and our redeemer, and it's in his name, which is his authority, that we pray, praise, proclaim, project, and protect today's message. Aman. Hola, mi nombre es Kofi. Como esta? Bonjour, se me pokofi, se va. Ni hao, namaste, wasaya, aniketawiya, ohayo, I see you. Komsa, komsamida. Kamuma. Uh, Papa or Kamuma, Kisi Aso, Manut, Wakwan, Aloha, Jambu, Mibini Kofi, Nina Fraku, Tandal Wewe, Abaregani, Akwaaba, Madeasi, Etesin, Bokrito, Bokritab, Bokritav, Bakwartav, Barak Allah, Asham Yahava. Servant of Christ, Mashalam Khe, Servant of Christ. Hello, everybody. I am Pastor Kofi, Pastor Servant of Christ, where we are always changing lives one mind at a time by being the voice of the voices and speaking the unspoken. And thank you for being with us today. We give all honor and praise once again to the Most High, Yahweh Alachem. We give all praise and honor to Him for my wife, the Honorable Amma, who lives a life that's able to be honored. As always, you can check her out on TikTok, YouTube, her website. And Pinterest at Bloom and Flourish, not A and D, the letter N. Bloom and Flourish. She is a healer, herbalist, chemist, and biologist. Biologist by degree, and we're thankful and grateful for everything that she's doing, um, and uh, to help the community with their health. We appreciate you. Thank you, everybody who's coming over from early rise of Bible study session. As you can see, we are on the road. Uh, so uh, continue to pray for us. Trying to get some work done on um, on the vehicle. To make sure that it's uh we finally praise you that we have enough provision to be able to do so so we are thankful and grateful for that and uh, we appreciate you right uh can you join the live and say whatever well we'll see i'm sorry matthew i'm not sure uh exactly what's going on and you probably can talk to us through the chat a little bit um we don't normally necessarily open it up there's certain days that we do but just because i i have to be uh kind of accountable for what's on here i'm not sure exactly what's going on maybe if you'd like to reach out to us at some point uh, maybe through to our website that you can go on there and you can uh, find a number that you can text and um you know I, myself or somebody can get back to you asap and we can see what's going on um and of course to help you but then also too if you'd like to maybe do something later on we can talk it through just right now no shade or no offense hopefully no offense taken but we just have to be honored what we're doing and it's something that we do you know um a safeguard that we have especially because social media and stuff uh can have strikes and stuff against us unfortunately so we just have to carry it that way so i apologize uh but i appreciate you thank you for being on though and uh, any questions comments or concerns that we can answer within the context and the confines of today's session slash uh lecture slash message uh, we will make sure that we do so uh asap slash conversation as well um well, we thank everybody for being on once again. Um, if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to uh, the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, we're going to come from that scripture again as a, as, a, as a starting point, as a foundation of scripture, and then we'll move into that. So if you want to go ahead and turn there, once you have to say amen, say, I got it, say I'm with you. And if you're able to reverence the word of Yehovah in some kind of way, including if you are able to, if you would like to stand for the reading of the word, we invite you to do so as well. Once again, thank you everybody for being on, though. Um, we appreciate everybody. Hopefully you guys have been able to uh, be blessed by this series so far, this series, and uh, we look forward to going through it. So once again, we're going to Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. 
once you ever say amen, say I got it, say I'm with you. Um, let's go ahead and say hello to everybody real quick. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. If you're coming over from Facebook, if you're on YouTube, if you're on TikTok, we appreciate your presence today. And thank you for spending some time with us. Let's get it. Let's say hello to everybody before we start reading. How you doing, Brother TJ, Sister Carla, Sister Renee, Sister Joy, Brother Aaron, Zuka, if you're still on, Sister Iska, Sister Knight, Linda, Tina, Vito, uh, Emmanuel. How you doing? Hello. You said black nationalism. Um, I have no problem with nation building. I don't know. Um, so I guess if you want to call what we're doing that, or if you'd like to see where we're headed with that, sure. Uh, how you doing, Lizzie, Doug, Jay, Warren, Gertrude? Um, uh, how you doing, Sister Sheila? Hola, hola, como esta? Um, Sister Gertrude. Uh oh, sorry. Minister Tamara. Everybody who's on here. Keith, uh, Matthew. Once again, how you doing, Pinky? Uh, Joseph, how you doing, sir? Yosav, Joseph, how you doing, Sean? Darius, Sister Betty, Lottie, Dottie, everybody for missing name, charging to my head, not to my heart. We appreciate you. Uh, looks like we have Shamwa Albin, Albin Yahda, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, please forgive me if I get a dialect wrong. If you're short, you need $13 and stuff for a shelter. Once again, reach out to us and let us know and somebody can try and get back to you. If you want to go to our main TikTok page, click on the link tree. There's a place where it says that you can contact us or just go to where it says kofi-40.com. Look on there, text the number that's there or email, and uh, we'll try to see what we can do to help. And we'll talk to you and see if we can do more and see what area in. Maybe somebody can stop by and help you out. How you doing, Brother Ali? How you doing, Tina? How you doing, Keith? How you doing, Dennis? Everybody, we appreciate you so very, very much. And we thank you guys so much for being on today. Um, Tove enough, doing great enough. I, I hear you, I see you. Uh, I'm on. Alrighty, how you doing? Springtime, off grid, everybody. If I miss your name on any of the platforms, shout out to my head, not to my heart. Once again, thanks for being on the podcast, joining us from Facebook, on YouTube, on TikTok. We appreciate you. Probably won't have Facebook up live, but we'll have the link up on Facebook just because of my setup for today and being on the move and I was able to find a little space here. I apologize for some of the background noise. You'll probably hear a lot of honking and stuff and some and some some cars going back and forth because I am at a dealership, so it is what it is. But how you doing? How you doing, Sister Shima, Sister Nadine? Once again, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Once you have it, say amen. Say, I got it. Say, I'm with you. I'm on. Alrighty, alrighty. Hello, everybody. Come on in. Come on in. Thank you, everybody, once again, for coming over from Early Rising Bible Study Session, if you did. And even if not, we're thankful and grateful. If it's your first time, one time of many, we thank you so much for being on. Alrighty, we got some got it, some amens. Alrighty, so we're going to go ahead and say our Bible pledge real quick. We'll recite Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, and then we'll go ahead and get into more of this dynamic series called Reverse Mythology. Come on. Alrighty, so here we go. If you have your if you want to put your right hand in the air, if you'd like to put your device in the air, if you'd like to put your Bible in the air and just repeat after me, say, this is my Bible, this is my sword, and this will I trust, for Yahushua is Lord. No sword of God shall ever be heard, for this is my Bible, and this is Yah's word. Sorry, one last thing real quick, reminder of the dates and stuff that's coming up. Um, March 13th, we're going to remove the leaven from our home. Actually, let me start like this. This Friday is the first Friday of the month. Every first Friday is our community day. You don't have to tell us what you do, but if you can go out, please, man, please, sir, and be a blessing to somebody where they are. Um, this Saturday, men's meeting, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern New York time. Um, March 13th, we're going to begin to remove the leaven from our home. So please feel free. Please, man, please, sir, to join us in doing that. Um, 
April 9th is the beginning of our new year, Rosh Chedash Naisan. Um, April 22nd, Passover. For those of you who will be with us virtually, April 22nd, um, eight or 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern New York time um, will be Passover. Um, so if you need to get time off or want to make sure that you're part of it or whatever, um, we'll have it recorded as well. But if you want to join us live on Zoom, you can feel free to do so. If you're going to be joining us uh, in person, that's going to be April 20th through the 22nd. We'll be meeting up in Beverly Hills, Florida. Um, April 27th, sorry, April 26th and the 27th, we'll be using that to celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread. That'll be in Central Florida. I still don't have the city for you yet. Um, as we get more information, we'll give it out to you. Um, but we, we do for sure have a place that we'll be um, in, in both those places. Uh, when we get to the month of June, June 16th, that's going to be in physically in Lanham, Maryland. That'll also be in Zoom as well, though. Uh, June 16th, we'll make sure that we come together for... Uh, June 16th, we'll make sure that we come together for pa uh, 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 the day of Pentecost, Shavuot. Um, and then um, uh, June 22nd, we'll be joining um, Minister Tamah um, Hunter, uh, Apostle Dr. Or sorry, Apostle Dr. Tamah Hunter, PhD. Uh, we'll be joining her and um, supporting her. And um, I believe I'm giving a word and a message. So that'll be in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia area. So SOC who wants to come and converge upon there as I get more information, we'll give it to you. And we have the flyer out and stuff already. So we've been trying to uh, promote that. So if you want to join us there, um, June. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, and then the rest of them, we don't have the exact places we'll be at. Um, and don't forget, sisters and anybody who wants to come, everybody's invited. But for the Women in Red um, cruise that the sisters are going to be going on, if you want to join them for that physically, um, that'll be December 6th through the 9th. Um, you can reach Sister Renee for more information on that through her email, soc.secretary082 at gmail.com. Once again, that's soc dot secretary 082 at gmail.com reach out to her for more information about that and she can give you more information um tell you about the pricing and all that all you got to do is have a hundred dollar down payment and then you'll be able to pay off the rest before august all right so if you if you can kind of hold on to those things we'll give out more information and keep promoting those things and make sure everybody's aware of what's going on with that all righty so we're once again we're going to proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 and it says as follows it reads as follows uh, this is King James Version. It says, Trust in Yahweh with all thine love, with all thine passion, with all thine heart, and lean not to your own understanding. Don't be under your own standard. In all your ways, acknowledge him in all your ways, in every way you're trying to go, see if you can be intimate or you see anything to be intimate with Yah down that way, and then he shall direct your paths because he doesn't direct ways you should look for him in all the ways you're looking at but he's going to direct your path he is the way so he's not in every way but he is the way and when you find that way right acknowledge him in that way then go down that path so he can direct you on that path Amen. all righty okay all right so and, and we just recited or just read Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. May you have a blessing to the readers, the hearers, and especially the doers of his most holy word. Uh, you may be seated if you were seated standing or go back to what you're doing. And thank you so much for reverencing the word with us and us being in agreement. How you doing, Sister Nadine? And anybody I didn't say hello to, if I miss you coming in, thanks for being on. How you doing, Minister Morel? Still praying for you. Hopefully everything's getting better. How you doing, Miss Q? 
Body down everybody. Giza, everybody. Shalom. All right. Shalom. Peace, peace. How you doing, Dennis? Everybody. Big Roy. All righty. So today, in this series of reverse mythology, we talked about cultural effect on Friday, the start. Then we talked about Zeus, part one and part two. We spent the whole weekend talking about Zeus and how that influences us and how we have to reverse this mythology. Today, we're going to talk about the days of the week. Amon, you hear us mention them quite a bit, but the days of the week. Right? The days of the week. Okay? The days of the week. We'll charge it to whatever you want, Hood. So, <laughs> so the days of the week right so the days of the week are important because we live our days right not just what we say but how we live every day right your mondays feel different than your wednesdays and your wednesdays feel different than your fridays and your fridays feel different than your saturdays your saturdays different than your sunday i know i skipped a couple days etc right your days of the week are part of how you live right and we keep acting like there's no cultural influence um, spirituality doesn't matter in these matters. We keep doing some weird stuff with this, but we know, right? And how you doing, Minister Nain? Shalom to you. But we know that these days of the week are important. And by the way, forgive me, uh, since we're talking about the days of the week, let me just go ahead and say, especially if you're going off of the Gregorian or Julian calendar, uh, Shanai Shalom, which is just talking about the second day of the week, Shalom to you, right? Or if you're talking, following the Israelite calendar, Ravai uh, Shalom right but uh these days of the week they matter quite a bit we, we 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 forget everything right man should not live by bread alone but what but how many words man should not live by bread alone but by the words that he feels like living by no right man should live and how you doing y'all's my god um man should live by bread alone how you doing wit if i didn't say so man should not live that that's not what that says doesn't say man should live by bread alone but by what we feel like no, let not say man should live by bread alone, but by what we want to change interpretation to. When people say, I interpret it this way, right? That's a bad lawful mindset to have. Of course not. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word. So every word that is uttered, right? Every word that is written, it is written, thou shalt, right? Right? Thus, it is written, what? Man should live by bread alone, right? It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord. Like thy Elohim, right? It is written, and every word that is said has power. So if I'm speaking things through the week, if I'm speaking, you know, happy Monday, happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday, happy Thursday, these things have a spirit attached. Right? Think about it. Even like we said earlier, and how you doing, Ahavia? How you doing, Sister Judith? Think about it like this. Think about it like this. Once again, Wednesday is hump day. Don't you feel because of the culture you're in and the way that your life is positioned and the way that people live lives Sunday through uh, uh, Saturday. Some of you even think about it through Monday through Sunday, right? But the way you live your life and the way that the system is set up, the way the culture is set up, every day it means something. How you doing, Lion King? Right? Every day it means something different. So when somebody says it's Wednesday, what's, what's another word that y'all use for Wednesday? What's that commercial? say that you guys like so much that has the animal walking through right wednesday you call it what day you don't just call it wednesday or wednesday you call it what right you call it hump day right you say happy hump day or oh man it's hump day right friday when you get to friday you can't wait some of you don't even have to go into work depending on what you do right you or you might be uh working from home or whatever right 
uh, but you don't have to necessarily go in on Friday or if you do you know that you can't wait to get off because Friday hopefully right you, you hope that you have your Saturday and your Sunday taken care of right that's what you're hoping for right um, right because of your because are you hoping your Friday might be a day that everybody goes to the club Saturday goes to the club and then Sunday everybody goes to church or your seven-day event this Saturday is when you go to worship or if you keep Saturday as the Sabbath right to keep the Sabbath and keep it holy maybe you start dealing with stuff Saturday or you start dealing with stuff on Friday or you even start preparing yourself for Friday or Saturday so everything that we do as much as we want to act like it's some kind of one-off or this stuff isn't really that important everything that we're doing is extremely important and everything that we're doing it governs our lives everything that we're saying so every day of the week holds power right any disagreement on that before we move on Anybody not comprehending that, right? Because it's simple, but it's going to be the, the springboard that we use to go through the rest of this message. Every day, every, everything that we're going through, every, every Monday, we treat differently, right? Today, and by the way, today's the first day of our intermittent fasting, by the way, if you want to join us in that, if you weren't prepared for it, right? Um, and we're getting better in organization and family and things like that, of that nature, right? But every day, right, is... Is, mon is 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 every Monday you you if you have a nine to five and even if you do not you 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 deal with your Monday differently than you do your Friday right your Sunday you might use that to prepare for your Monday right your Friday you're ready to go ahead and do something with the family or Saturday is family day every day you do something is based off something but there's a reason in this culture why you flow the way you do and so your week believe it or not at some point is going to be something that actually starts to look different than others because of who you serve. How you doing, Shelly? How you doing? Praise Yah. Right? When you serve Yah and he requires different things from you, you look at your days differently. Now, in the each one of these days, by the way, for us in Hebrew, would be considered a yam. A yam, yam, like you say yam kapoor and other things. Yam means day. Or and day for us does not always mean 24 hours. How you doing, Big Brother Thomas? But but yam can also mean a period of time. Come on, somebody, right? A period of time. So so when it says on the first day, Yahweh did this and Yahweh did that, or and the first day Elaham did and Elaham said and etc. Right? It's not talking about we a 24-hour period necessarily. We don't know how long that period of time was. Right. Matter of fact, there was no sun, moon or stars yet to even indicate to us how long it took for these things to fashion because the sun, the moon, the stars don't, do not happen to Yom Dalit or until the fourth day, the fourth period of time. So every period of time or every day is a cultural reference to something. So, for example, before we even get to the days of the week and how we say them, for example, when you're reading Barashat or what you call Genesis, in beginning... Elaham created the heaven and the earth. Barashat bara Elaham at Samayam at Arat. And Elaham said, let there be light, enlightenment. There was no physical light, but there was enlightenment, right? And he the, that, that period of time where he's separating the light from the darkness, the enlightenment from the confusion, right? And the Holy Spirit has moved, hovered upon the face of the waters. How you doing, Beck? Right? This is a period of time. Right, and so in this period of time, this would be Yam Alav, Yam Aleph, or Yam the day, the period of time of the Father. And thank you for the love, appreciate. How you doing, Sandy? Shalom to you. Right, so this is Yam Aleph, Yam Alav, 
right? This is saying that this is the period of time where the source, things are coming from the source. So that would make sense that therefore the source would speak and now things without form are forming, right? Even what you call atomic particles or elements and things of that nature. And then all of a sudden they start to cool down and they liquefy, right? And then the Holy Spirit as it's cooling down can begin to introduce enlightenment, right? Holy Spirit, part of Alakam, right? Can introduce enlightenment to the situation. And how you doing, Sister Sterling? And by the way, we finally, uh, we had a meeting. I, I know I sent it to you probably like last minute or whatever, but we did have a meeting. We had UK meeting. I don't know if Brother Henry is on or not as well. So, uh, and some others. So we do have something. We're going to try and get a WhatsApp thing going together. And there's a couple sisters who are um, already attached over there in England. I'm not sure how close or far everything is, but uh, we're going to have WhatsApp stuff for you guys as well. So we praise y'all. We got that going on. So just kind of keep eye out there for the future for those in the UK. Try to do something similar for those in the Caribbean. So be ready for that. Right? Intermittent fasting basically from sunup to sundown. If you can, try to avoid eating or uh, from 6 a.m. to some people do 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., uh, whichever you prefer. Um, but that, but we're, we're doing that to touch and agree and looking for us to continue to move and grow an organization, things of that nature. So when we're talking about Yom Alav or Yom Alav, the first period of time, that's the period of time of the father. So we see what happens. Then on what happens on the second day where there's a separation of things in heaven and on earth. And the things that are enlightened, they go to heaven. And the things that are not quite as enlightened as of yet, they are separated and stay in the earth realm. This is Yom Bet or Yom um, uh, the, the day of bait or the period of time of bait or the period of time of the son who will come out of the right family the son who will make sure that he is able to go to heaven right and those who are on earth who follow his ways will be able to follow him on the other side of the choir right to this shamayam to this heaven right or or, or, or right so so we have this Part. Now, now we have then Yam Gaimal, or the third period of time. This third period of time is the period of time of humility. What happens on the third period of time? On the third period of time, day, the third period of time, Yam Gaimal, the earth begins to harden and it begins to come on the water and seed is put inside. Humility, even having the word placed in it, it taking position, it, it surfacing where it needs to, it being in the spirit, in the waters and stuff like that, right? There's a, the, the earth being ready to go so that in Yom Dalit, the fourth period of time, and Yom Dalit, the fourth period of time, we now get to a position where we go, oh, okay, cool. This fourth period of time was just the period of time of the door or the entryway. Well, now that all these things are together, guess what happens? The sun, the moon, the stars. Light, physical light now has met up with the spiritual light or the metaphorical light, even some of you might say, right? So we're dealing with Yam, days or periods of time, right? Then what comes next is Yam Che uh, or Yam Chaya or the Holy Spirit, the period of time of the Holy Spirit. What happens on the fifth day or the fifth Yam? Well, now the birds, right, and the fish of the sea are starting to come into place. What else shows itself as a bird or as a dove in Scripture? The Holy Spirit, when Yahashua is baptized, right, descends down upon him like a dove descends upon Yahashua as a dove right so we're seeing these things now what is yam next what is yam vav yam vav is the period of time of vav the period of time of a tent nail or a nail something nailed that keeps the family in place what happens on the sixth day well now here comes the cattle things that creep upon the ground things that are on the earth but also humanity shows up 
And when humanity is now there, what does it say? It is very tabah. It is very righteous and what y'all call very good. So now that we have these things in order, see, so the yam is a period of time. These are periods of time that are matching up. So these days, these periods of times, they mean something. They govern our actions, right? So now man is finished, right? When man shows up, when Adam, Adam is going to show up later on, especially, this is finished, right? The sixth period of time, it's finished. Just like you do for your Friday, right? The sixth period of time, everything's finished. Cool, we're going to go to Saturday. We're going to party. We're going to go to Saturday. We're going to have Shabbat. We're going to go to Saturday. I'm going to rest, right? Hopefully. <laughs> right? Hopefully that's what you're able to do. But that's the goal, right? They're being led by something that is systemic. The days of the week are not random, but they these periods of time, they mean something and they govern us and they govern how a whole community of people, of believers in this particular system, they govern how you operate, how you act, how you walk, how you talk, etc. Right? They govern your actions. Your actions are governed by by the days of the, of the week, even the days of creation. And then on the seventh Yom, right, Yom Shabbat, or really Yom He, or, sorry, sorry, excuse me, Yom Zion, in this instance, I'm getting ahead of myself, Yom Zion, the period of time of Zion, now Zion, high place of worship, resting in high places, take off your shoes for this is holy ground type situations. Now on this mountaintop, how you doing, Minister Tamar? How you doing, Big Bad Wolf? On this, on this, on this mountaintop situation that we're in, now we can rest in the seventh yam or the seventh period of time, the seventh day. You see, so days are extremely important. And once again, we've got to reverse the mythology because mythology has taken it to where the things that are holy are now reversed into the unholy. Right? Any questions, comments, or concerns on what we talked about so far? Right? Any whatsoever? Are we on the same page? Are we cooking with, with gas, so to speak? How you doing? Thank you for the love. How you doing, Zahara? Right? If we're in, are, are we are we together? Do we got it? Do we are because if we get this principle that these are the original days, so to speak, the original comprehension. How you doing, King D two five two? The original way we should look at it. Well, now we got to figure out something happened along the way where your days of the week mean something different. How you doing, Pat Green? Matter of fact, a lot of people just think don't even study what they mean, and you just use them arbitrarily. You were taught them as a child. You even sung songs, right? Sunday, Monday, all that stuff. You were taught songs and you sung the songs and you said, okay, I got what the days of the week are as far as what they are called, but we don't even understand the word called means in to invite. So these days of the week, when we started to invite them into our lives, right, what are we inviting? The spirit of Monday, where does that come from? Why is that something that we feel like we're going down? Is it because Monday has to do with the moon? Or we feel like, oh, man, it's not going to be as bright today. I'm starting the week. Could that do with the moon worship and how people feel in the spirit that's going on? I know somebody's going to think, oh, he's just reaching and looking for stuff. But I promise you, what? Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word. This is proper etymology. We have to recognize this properly. We have to look at this properly. We have to recognize and comprehend and understand things properly. Right? Yeah, morning, right? Morning. You say God morning, good morning, stuff like that. Well, why would you mourn the God or the gods or what God are you mourning? Good be with ye, good, good goodbye, God be with ye. Which God? And why are you concerned about what's going to happen, right? Which God is going to be with you, right? Like we have to say these, we have we have to recognize these things. How you doing? Uh, sorry if I'm going to say this wrong. Shamira, Shamira Logan, thanks for being on. How you doing, Black Steel? So, 
So which God are you referring to when you say God mourning and why am I mourning him? Right? Why, why am I mourning him and what culture does that come from? What culture does that come from? How, what, what, what is the reality of God mourning? What is the reality of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? And why is it that worship of whatever God that you're looking forward to is now going to be on Sunday and not Saturday? We don't think about these things, but there's a culture. This is systemic. You're not just randomly doing stuff. You're not just doing stuff. See, people say this all the time, man. I just do what I want, man. Don't nobody tell me what to do. Can't nobody tell me what to do. But you have a whole system you live in. Don't nobody tell me what to do, okay? Um, so when when you're gonna eat your own food? When you're gonna stop saying when they're gonna give us reparations and start repairing yourself? Where's your school at? Where's your university at? Right? I went to a HBCU. Um, HBCUs. I I don't know if all of them are, but a, uh, the heavy heavy majority of them were not started by you. They weren't. Heavy majority of them were not started by you. You talk about Morehouse. See where that name comes from. That has nothing to do with you. And 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 all the stuff that you're doing, the accreditation and stuff like that that you're going through and all that, all those accreditations that you're looking for, they're not your accreditation. Right? <laughs> How you doing, Brie Bags? <laughs> right? Or Brew Bag, excuse me. <laughs> right? These are the, you you didn't create this school system it's systemic already matter of fact the system of school that you're used to now really is only about a hundred years old especially if you're in the UK if you want to go back further you got to go back to Thomas Jefferson now were they making schools therefore for you or were they making schools for somebody else and now you're asking for them to give you a seat at the table but you were not you never had a plate set for you right and forgive me this is just if somebody's asking it's just essential oils <laughs> right that's all it is. If somebody's wondering, because people be asking sometimes what you're using. All right, so we can get that out the way. And I'm rubbing what I'm rubbing my hands with is uh, just castor oil right now, trying to do some healing. Okay, so so we have to recognize. Okay, hold on one second. Okay, sorry about that. I'm out. I, I'm out getting the. Uh, I'm out getting the. Uh, oh well, hold on. Let's make sure we get everybody back. Okay, sorry y'all. I'm out getting the vehicle taken care of or whatever they said. I asked them to text me, so I had to keep leaving and going and all that stuff. So they were letting me know um, what's going on and how much it's going to cost. Crazy y'all. All right. So. But, but we have to sit up here. Yeah, a lot of the HBCUs are named after oppressors. They were started after oppressors. It's like, for example, the, um, what is that? Uh, uh, oh, um, NAACP, National Association uh, for Advancement of Colored People. You didn't even have a black president, not of a, of a uh, chapter, but of the entire thing. You didn't even have a black president until, what, 2021, 2022? Right. So you're you're busy talking about this is for your advancement, but you've got Rothschild family members. And um, who's the one I'm trying to really think about of uh, the bank um, of one of the banks? K 
can't remember his name right now, but you got families out of the top five people who could care less about you, who are sitting and telling you how they're going to advance you. And then you look around, you're not advancing. You never ask yourself, well, who's at the top of the NAACP? Because it's not you. Yeah, one of the Rockefellers. That's the one I'm thinking of. One of the Rockefellers uh, was on there quite a, quite a few times, actually. Right? So if you've never been, as a colored person, if you've never been represented at the top, of an advancement for colored people, then is it somebody, is are they advancing you or are they advancing rhetoric? Bilderbergs as well? Right, yeah. So if they're not advancing, how, how are we advancing ourselves and fighting for ourselves when you don't have a seat at the table and you don't have a plate? Somebody's saying, go ahead, sit down here, come get you a plate, but you sit down. Um, uh, Minister Malcolm Shabazz, uh, Malcolm X once said it like this. He said, just because I go to a diner, right, and I sit down at a table, and I go inside this diner, and I sit down at the table, if you put a plate in front of me, and you give me a menu, and I pay for food, and everybody else is eating, but I'm not eating, and there's no plate, food on my plate, just because I'm at a diner, sitting next to people dining, that doesn't mean I'm a diner. That means I'm sitting next to diners. As they dine, I'm not a diner until you let me dine. Right? How you doing, Brother Charles? How you doing, Mad Trucker? Right? I don't. I, you can't describe me or, or or call me a diner unless you let me dine. If you will not let me dine, then don't call me a diner. Correct? You, you you can't call me something, and I'm not that. Don't use that noun. How you doing, Auntie Mary? Right? How you doing, Gary? How you doing, um, Tamaya? Right? Don't call me a diner when you won't let me dine. See, we got to reverse the mythology. Don't call me um, a U.S. citizen, first of all, when I'm a non-citizen national, right? For those of you know know what that is. But secondly, do not call me a diner unless I actually get to dine. Don't call me um, a citizen of what you're doing, right? Unless I'm doing Now, you guys are citizens because a U.S. citizen is what? It's a, it's a myth, a U.S. citizen even. So you got to reverse the mythology. Even these myths you live by every day. A U.S. citizen is a legal fiction. Because the United States of America was a country. And can be considered a country sometimes by law. But the United States is a corporation. A corporation is treated as a person. An artificial person. But a person nonetheless. And this corporation or straw man. That represents the real power. The real person. But is not the real person. Has ownership over you. And if you, sorry, for example, if you are in debt and you keep paying debts and you keep paying fake money that has no gold or silver to back it up since the 1930s, it has been fake. It has nothing behind it. So if you keep going ahead and using this as instrumentalization, as an instrument, right, a negotiable instrument to go ahead and ensure that you're going to be tra trading with people, then you are getting into monopoly money. You are playing a fictitious game. It is based off of reality, but it is not reality. It's only the reality you make of it. So you keep going ahead and saying, I owe the IRS money. And you won't go ahead and be, stop being a legal fiction. And you won't figure out what the sovereignty thing is. And you keep saying that's a myth and that's that. But you don't even want to read in your constitution because you think you're in a democracy. Democracy is not even constitutional because it's not in there. Right? But you want to keep talking about this democracy and all these different things, not realizing this is a legal fiction. If it's fiction, people can make up whatever they want. This is a fable. How you doing, Prince? A fable is a what? It's a myth. Right? It's a myth. Wolverine doesn't exist. But you, but you can think, you can, you, there are people that would dress up like Wolverine. 
Elsa's not real, right? The witchcraft part of it could be used in a real way, but Elsa's not real. But you will dress up like Elsa, right? It, it, it defines you if you're not careful. The cultural effect of this is changing. And we've got to reverse this mythology, right? So you're sitting up here as a legal fiction trying to be part of a legal fiction rather than realizing, hey, I want to be a lawful, natural person and I'm tired of being a legal fiction because everything that's legal is not lawful. And if I want to do things according to actual law, universal law, right? Actual law, right? Um, 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 natural law, actual law, marital law, actual law, I want to be a private uh, sovereign and not a public citizen and belong to the public or the government, then I have to reverse the mythology because the mythology says the United States is a country, but by United States Code 28 USC 3002 15 A, B, and C, the United States is not a country, but it is what? It is a corporation it is also considered to be a board that's why you have president vice president secretary treasurers um, cabinet members congress majority minority etc and it's also considered to be a instrumentalization something negotiable so how do you negotiate what do you negotiate there is no money there is no gold or silver so guess what the legal fiction which is the corporation which is a artificial person owns a bunch of other legal fictions which are your straw man which is your birth certificate that's why when you go on trial you were never on trial but your birth certificate is if you keep doing things to connect yourself to the birth certificate then you have to connect yourself to the system see and so when the system says sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday you just go with whatever it says because you're not concerned about is this fictitious is it a fact is it con and now if i know what the fact is then what is the context contextual fact or the context thereof right don't just give me a fact how you doing Travaris and not give me context this is where we also mess up things we were talking about this in early rise of Bible study session we talked about the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and did all these things okay time out but the Holy Spirit came to make sure that a message was delivered to those that can't comprehend it a lot of people who are living as legal fictions only think fictionally Right, they have fictional faculties. Did you catch that? Grand Rising, uh, Sister Monica, how you doing? Uh, Charlie, everybody coming on, right? So, so they are legal fictions, so they have a fictional mindset there, so therefore their faculties are fictional. Remember we talked about that word faculty a little while, ways back? The word faculty actually is talking about not just, oh, I made it to a certain level. The person who has faculties is supposed to have more intel, a higher level of information than others. So if I have proper faculties, that's why the school faculty is different than the school uh, uh, students. Because if you're, if you're, if you're school if you're the faculty of the school, you're supposed to be the intelligence of the school that therefore disseminates the information down to others. Right? But many of us don't have proper faculty, proper intellect, right? And so therefore we have fictional faculty. So we've been teaching and living and growing and learning by that which is fictional. Right? So your congregational faculty, uh-oh, your congregational faculty, your pastors, your preachers, your ministers, your rabbis, etc., your priests, right, your gurus, they live fictionally because they identify with what is fictional. Your marriages are fictional. Did you know that? Your marriages are fictional because where did you ask, who did you ask to be married? So you mess this up. You think that you asked your wife 
for her hand in marriage. You ask your husband for his hand in marriage. The reality is, here's the reality though. You had to ask the state. The word state means country, by the way, right? So you had to ask the country that you're in, the state that you're in, see the federal government, the fictional entity, it has gotten the actual countries to sign up to be, to bow down to them in certain regard. But that's why there's certain things, the Supreme Court, for example, everybody lost their mind. Oh no, they reversed the woman's right to be able to have, um, you know, to, to do whatever they want inside of her body. Um, but all the states that didn't want it, they still don't have it. And all the states that wanted it, they still have it, right? Because the state can decide if they want to take that on because the federal government is technically fictional. But if you want protection from the fictional, you have to go inside the fictional. That's how this stuff works. Shalom, how you doing, Michael? Yeah, so when you marry, then the state, exactly. So when the state said you could become married, you actually married the state. In other words, you registered the state. When your child was born and you gave them a fictional uh, uh, birth certificate, right? Saying fictionally, right? Saying that the real person, we cannot find the natural person. Therefore, we are putting an all cap straw man, an artificial person in its stead so we can still operate and make business off of this artificial person and make millions off of this artificial person while the artificial person may never smell a million in their lifetime, right? They did this on purpose for you to register your child with a fictitious entity, right? The state it literally got you to register your child as fictitious. Your marriage is registered as fictitious. If you got to get your driver's license, your driver's license is fictitious. You don't need a driver's license to just go to the store or to put do private business because a driver by law, right? Now you got to make sure you got your paperwork together. This is for educational purposes only, for righteousness purposes only. A lot of people are going to run with this and you're not going to do the stuff required to make sure that you separate from the world separate from the system from the cosmos with a k right but for those that are willing to put in work and learn and govern themselves properly because we as sovereign have to obey the law greater than those who are not because those who are not they don't worry about law they worry about legal right not everything that's legal is lawful Right. So so for those who will put the work in, I'm, I'm, I'm here to put that on there because a lot of people will just say, well, I'm not I'm just going to not get a driver's license. I'm just going to stop having a car registered. I'm gonna well, OK, but you got to make sure that you're no longer living as a fictitious entity. Right. If you owe taxes for things, you only owe taxes for things that are fictitious or come out of a fictitious entity. So taxes are on what? What do you get taxed for? You get taxed for things that you get out of the system. If the system provides it, you must be taxed. Because you belong to a fictitious entity. Render Caesar's things to Caesar's. However, render Elohim's things to Elohim. So if Caesar taxes you, it's because Caesar's saying, I provide this and that. If you get something from Caesar, then you got to be taxed. If I go into a store, I can grow, right? When, it's, when, it's, when the season changes, I'll be able to go outside and get mulberries. Right? Got mulberry trees. Can get white ones from the front, black ones from the back. Right? But if I go to the store and buy a mulberry, then guess what? Somebody out of the system provided it. So I must be taxed. I can't say, please don't tax me because I'm sovereign because I'm doing, I'm, 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 I'm having a transaction with you. And if I'm going to do business with you through the UCC, this is what we're going to agree to. Right? So we are living a fictitious life. We're registering to be fictitious. The Bible even declares it like this in 2 Timothy chapter 4. You will incline your ears to fables. You will lean in on fables. If it's fictitious, you want it because you've been raised as a fictitious entity. Right? So you like the fictitious. 
You think that romantic means go ahead and be around a dark room with a candle lit because you don't realize that that's fictitious. Romantic means Roman antics. People of Rome, big deal was, hey, if we can have light to eat, that's a big, big deal. So if you can afford light in the middle of the night and can have candles all over the place, that's very romantic. It ain't got nothing to do with whether you love somebody. It doesn't have anything to do with whether you provide for somebody. It doesn't have anything to do with whether you like the person you're sitting across from. But you've been taught to feel giddy about the fictitious. When the reality is, why would you not want to see what you're eating? <laughs> right? When the reality is, why would, I, why would I not want to see what I'm eating? Because what? The fictitious mind has clicked into the romantic mind and now you're having a whole thing. See, every word, people don't want to be governed by this. This is true sovereignty is when you are governed by every single thing, right? What am I going to wear today? And what does it represent? How am I going to teach my child? If I have one of these moments to where I just lose it and I'm cussing everybody out, this and that or whatever, will I apologize? Will I say I'm sorry? Will I say this is not how we govern ourselves? Will I say I showed my humanity, but I'm going to repent from it and I'll never be the same again, right? Or are you going to stay in the fictitious thing? Well, you know what? That's what they did. See, you have no character. Character doesn't change. You're used to even words being fictitious. You spell words, not realizing that why would you spell anything? Why would you cast a spell, right, to be able to make a word? Right? Why would you use a word to cast a spell? Why would you even get into the God spell or what you call the gospel? Right? Compound word, it just released the D and you think it's a whole other word. Why would you get into the God spell rather than make sure that what? That I have proper interpretation according to character in Hebrew, in, in Chinese, in a lot of, uh, in, Kim, in Kemet, um, in, um, in, in Celtic uh, um, um, culture and theology as well. You're going to have character. Japan character right because every word should have a character we do not change the character to be able to make the word whatever we want it to spell it out so that we can cast a spell and change the original meaning of it this is why your word says what we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities before I go to the wickedness and dark places and spiritual wickedness and high places and all this stuff before I go there first things first I have to figure out the what the character of it the origin principality means the origin you're so busy talking about the spirituality but you don't even know the origin talking about I'm not religious I'm spiritual okay well what's the origin of the spirit What's the origin of Zeus and why do you say yes Zeus hey Zeus half man half Zeus praise Zeus some of you would say why do you say that? What? Because there's a culture of it. We don't even realize you're giving honor to Zeus. There's no letter J. How was he Jesus? Right? Because you're into Yesus. You don't even know where that comes from. And the letter J that was created was created to make the to, to make a, a differentiate or to kind of play on the IE sound. Some of you do it even in your dialects of of colonization. What do I mean by that? Well, some of you will say Ya. Some of you will say Ja. Right? Right? We're jumping in the name of the Lord. That's, a, that's Ja instead of Ya. It's just a dialect difference. Right? But they changed it. And nobody was really even using it till the earliest 1700s, maybe the 1800s even. We don't know for sure. Right? How you doing, Yosef? How you doing, Coffee? How you doing, Springtime? And I'm sorry, um, Al, Al, Al Skinner? I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Thanks for being part of the community. How you doing, Nina, as well? Everybody who's coming on. If I miss your name, charge it to my head, not to my heart. Right? Appreciate you. Right. So so I've got to get to a place of what of, of honoring the origin of things. Right. Even if I disagree with you, I promise you, I'll respect you if you are culturally accurate. If you're living by a culture, I promise you I'm going to honor that. Right. I have no problem 
with the Muslim, believing what he believes, right? But don't tell me that you're an honorable Muslim while you're sitting there with alcohol. I've seen this, alcohol in one hand, right? Cigar in the other hand, and then your prayer cloth underneath your arm. And almost daring people, hoping that somebody will say something about you. Now, I get it. Maybe you've come that way and you're changing, right? But you can't be five years in still talking about how Muslim you are, right? I got family talking about how Muslim they are and stuff like that. And you sitting up there getting drunk and getting high, right? I, I don't believe in my belief system. It doesn't say that you can't ever have alcohol. You're just not supposed to get drunk. If you're in certain positions, you shouldn't be dealing with alcohol, right? But it doesn't say that you can't have any alcohol. Your religion, though says you can't so if you won't live by your culture then we got a problem right i can respect you if at least you do deal with your culture people talk about heathens and stuff like that i respect some heathens more than i do some of us because some of us keep trying to change the interpretation to spell it out rather than live by the actual interpretation and what it says right at least if they heathens out here they're gonna say yeah we, we heathens we say tannic they'll say you 666 what's up <laughs> right that's what we do right we're gonna go out here we going tonight we going out we gonna get effed up Right? That's what they, right? Hey, they, they telling you and they live by it. And if you try to tell them something, well, only God can judge me. Well, I know God is a Germanic way of saying I can make whatever I want a God. Matter of fact, the same people that say only God can judge me, they'll say they are gods. So if they worship themselves and therefore they can change whatever they want at any time into whatever they'd like it to be, then I can't be mad at you for following your culture. But if we say we live by a different culture, then time up. Stop playing with us. Stop playing with yourself. Stop playing with the culture. People keep talking about black culture. Black culture goes beyond just in the 1960s, so-and-so did this. In 1920, so-and-so invented. In 1887, so-and-so did. Right? Stop talking about the first person to do brain surgery. You were doing brain surgery in Kemet. There's a culture that comes behind it. They were studying pine cones in Kemet. Why? Because in Kemet, they believed in the pineal gland. Oh, wow. Even without microscopes, at least so we think, even without microscopes, they were still doing this stuff. There was a culture. Right? There re there's a reason why eventually when they started worshiping Heru or Horus, they started talking about the eye of Horus and it's centered where the pineal gland is. There's a reason why many people believe that the soul is in fact where the pineal gland is, right? Because the soul is what connects the body to the spirit. <laughs> right? I respect your culture, right? There's people that come to me, well, so-and-so copied off of this. Do you not know the story of Horus? Have you ever read the Book of the Dead? How was Yahashua copied off of it? Horus didn't come from a virgin birth. Horus came from somebody who was impregnated when they were into necrophilia, having a relations with somebody who had already passed away, or depending on what version of the story, a relation with somebody who was a zombie and had lost their phallus, and they made an obelisk so that they could ride it, so that they could get impregnated, so that they could carry Horus. And Horus himself was not somebody who was manly like you would think, because Horus himself almost got impregnated by his own uncle. And Rahu, you talking about, took the sperm that Horus had to catch in his hand to make sure he didn't get impregnated, and he took it and fashioned it with his own hand and then started wearing it around his head, which is why Ra has that whole disc around. That's not what you think it is. That's somebody that's 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 the Horus's uncle's semen that Ra has around his head. But you won't read your own culture to see that just because everything looks like you, it doesn't mean it is you. Not all skin folk is kinfolk. Just, just real talk, right? Can we have honest conversation? Right, we up here listing the stuff that is fictional. Even the way we look at the fiction is fictional because we lying on the fiction. Tell the truth about the myth. Stop lying to our brothers and sisters. Stop lying to the diaspora. You're never going to find out your culture if you won't be honest. If that's what you believe, then believe it. 
Even as a fiction, tell the whole truth about it. But don't sit up there talking about it something different. Don't lie to me. What's that old saying? Forgive my language. That old saying, don't piss in my head and tell me it's raining. I can smell it, bro. I know what urine is. I know what it smells like, right? I don't want to know what it feels like. So don't put it on me and then try to tell me it's rain, it's cleansing, right? When my body's trying to expel it. Don't try to put on me what I'm trying to expel. Don't try to put the dirty stuff in me that my body has come together and said, we need to expel it and get it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so these days of the week, even every word has power. Everything that we wear has power. How are you, Mr. Tracy? Even what you wear. No, what you wear doesn't have power. Then how can somebody touch the hem of your hashvah's garment and be whole? No, water doesn't really have to do with spirit and cleansing. Now, how can somebody dunk themselves in the water six times, baptized, and then seven times come out and be made clean? And that's not what you call New Testament, which Old and New Testament is a myth, because there was no such thing written as Old and New Testament. How you doing, Brother Allen? See, we keep living by these myths. So in these days of the week, right, I've been sent today to speak on, our, day is to our goal in this series is to reverse mythology. When you talk about Sunday, what does that mean? When you talk about Monday, what does that mean? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What is the actual meaning of it? And, and when I say these things, when I speak these things, when I live by it, when I get to hump day, right? When I get to Friday, why is there a certain spirit? Why is everybody doing certain things on Friday that they don't do any other day? Why is everybody treating Monday in a certain way? Why is it that now Sunday is there? And is it my culture? And then at the end of this, we'll, we'd like to be able to introduce some Hebraic terms to you, some ancient Paleo-Hebraic terms to you that might be able to help you on this journey to see how you're actually supposed to look at these days of the week. This is one of the reasons why SOC University and classes and things like that will bless you and help you with the on-demand stuff because you need to go a little deeper in this stuff. And you can stop and ask questions and you know we can talk on Zoom and do all that stuff and you can reach out to us, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, so, so when we're speaking on this stuff and we're so busy looking at all these different things and all these religiosities and all these things that people are trying to tell us are truth and we know are not truth, right? We were looking at all these different things. And how you doing, Gus, if I didn't say so already? First of all, what is every day named after? It's named after worship, right? And the culture is named after are the cultures that your oppressors of, had colonized and now they colonized you with because see here's something that we must recognize this whole thing of colonization you must recognize that the colonizer never identifies as the colony oh yeah we post all these all the time they're on youtube podcasts sometimes on facebook today i won't be able to post it live on facebook but we'll have the link on facebook for you to be able to listen to it but yeah we always do so right and you can look on our main if you're on youtube facebook podcast you can always look in the description with the video for further information if you're on tiktok you can always go to our main tiktok page click on the link tree and find out a bunch of information right there Emma, how you doing y'all's firstborn right so so but but when we're speaking on this stuff right are, are you ready now so now that we're speaking on this stuff right when we get into this stuff you must recognize that a colonizer never identifies with the or not, never identifies as who has been colonized. The colonizer never identifies with the people who um, the, the people who they colonize. Right? The colony, therefore, never considers themselves to be indigenous. The colonizer will never 
You hear what I'm saying? Well, never. Whoever it is, in whatever kingdom you're talking about, a colonizer never puts himself in the position of the person that's been colonized because they don't believe that they're real persons. We were just talking about this. They don't believe that they're natural persons. They believe that they are artificial persons. They are legal fictions. How you doing, Stephen? Stephen Burns. This goes back to something called the Doctrine of Discovery. You guys know about the Doctrine of Discovery? Written in 1452, made legal in 1493, where the Pope, Roman Catholic Church, which by the way, Roman Catholic Church literally translates to Romantic Universal Circus, right? This is where this stuff starts to get very clear to us that somebody done changed up the game and messed things up on us. And we need to realize that they did and come out of that, right? Right? So, so real talk though, and how you doing, Sister Shima? Real talk, you have to realize that the Roman Catholic Church, the Pope, decided that he wanted to really, really get into slavery. Especially when they started realizing that Negroes, who they considered to actually be people who followed the Tadakh and were swarthy and had locks and wore hoodies and put poetry over music. You can look it up for yourself, right? Look at the Spanish Inquisition. Look what they did in Spain and, 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 and St. Thomas and, and uh, uh, Portugal and, and uh, the United States of America and all this stuff. You'll find out very quickly what they consider the Negro. Look up Negro land and where that is in Africa and West Africa specifically and in Negro land in Guinea and where they said the kingdom of Judah was and where they said the scattered Hebrews were where they came over there, right? Matter of fact, there's a book. Um, ah, I don't remember the uh, author's name. Matter of fact, maybe I have, I think I took a screenshot of it when I was doing some study. Maybe I have one, maybe I don't. Forgive me if I can't remember the name. Oh, I might not have it, okay. I don't think I, ah, I'm sorry, you guys. I don't have it, at least here. I'll have to find my notes, find my notes some other time. But there, uh, so forgive me for not uh, remembering the, or recalling the person's name at this moment. But there's actually a guy who was born in the 1870s, passed away in the 1940s, and he was a missionary. He wanted to go and preach the truth. A lot of people don't know this, right? Matter of fact, it's on our TikTok. Uh, if you're on Kofi underscore 43 right now with us, it's on our TikTok page. Uh, I think I posted it yesterday as a duet. Right, so go look there. We've talked about Olaudach Equiano before, and so he actually goes a little deeper than when I go with Olaudach Equiano normally, right? But but you'll see on there that there's a missionary, right? And we that's why we got to get out of black and white. Not every white person is always lying. A lot of white people were lied to as well. What you consider to be white people, we've talked about this before. Technically, there is no such thing as the color white. So no, you can't be alive and be white. If you're alive, you're melanated in some way, shape, or form. Even if it's less melanated, but you still have melanin. Therefore, you cannot be white. If you're white, you have passed away, right? Even your bones, while they're in your body, they're not white, right? If you were to take bones, if somebody were to pass away and somebody were to remove the skin and the right, the, the, the sinews, the flesh, all that stuff off of them, your bones would not be white. They have to bleach them white. They have to pass away. They have to lose the marrow. They have to lose all the nutrients and stuff, all the things that are on them first, all the melanin around them. It has to slowly pass. And then once it passes away, once it's lost its life, it's actually white. Your bones are probably more yellow than they are white. Right? <laughs> that's, that's real talk, right? The only bones that you have in your body that you perceive to have to be white, right, are your teeth. Right. And that's and really your teeth need to actually have a little bit of something to cover. I'm not saying just don't brush your teeth, but they should have a little bit of something different than what you think, because guess what? Your teeth are the only things that are actually exposed to the sun. They're the only bones in your body that should be exposed to the sun in any way, shape or form. Right. So your teeth even are not a great indication of what the bones in your body look like.
but I'll leave that there, right? All right, educational purposes only. I ain't say stop brushing your teeth. <laughs> Amen, right? I'm just saying, you, 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 we, we go by somebody else's standard. But long story short, there's this guy, getting back to the, getting back to where we are. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for getting me back focused. Um, there's a guy, and he's a missionary. He wants to give the message of what he considers to be Jesus Christ, right? So he goes, and he goes to preach missionary, uh, as a missionary to these, um, to these people, Right, these persons who he thinks are without the faith, don't know the Bible, don't know the word, etc. And he's when he gets there, he finds something interesting out. Right? When he gets there, he finds something interesting out. He says, wait a minute. These people, they follow scripture. They follow Torah. Right? They keep the Torah, they keep Tara, they keep the law. How you doing, Natriel? Right? He he said, These people, they follow Torah. And they, they love Elohim. As a matter of fact, if you look up Oloada Equiano, if you don't know who that is, that's somebody who was a slave taken from the Ivrit or Ivrit or Avra or Igbo people, Hebo people, Igbo, and was taken as a slave, um, get, um, gets his own, um, pays for his own freedom um, by being a sailor and stuff, then has all these people that come together and they uh, are all these people you say read the bible read the bible he finally says okay let me read this bible to keep talking about he reads the bible and he says wait a minute the same things in this bible are there we do sacrifices on altars like this and we don't mix certain foods together and we have to grow food in a certain way and there's certain clothes we don't wear and then he was like oh and then when you look up his name Oluwada, uh, which is actually uh when you look up this name O Olauda or o Olauda, you will find out that that actually is him saying that Elohim, Al, El, Elohim, right? And then what? Judah, Yahavada, put together. Judah belongs to Elohim. I know some people will try to say that this slightly means something slightly different, but it, they'll still agree it's in the ballpark. And if you look up what those people in his in his branch, or what you call tribe, believe, they will tell they, their name for the Most High who they serve, right? actually means that Yah owns the earth. That they belong to Yah. It's in his name. It's in the name of the people that are there. And he says, oh, well then this is clear. I am an Israelite. Right? I was taken away from this at birth. I was taken out of slavery. He wrote an autobiography, by the way. So we can't say this is just something I'm coming off the top of my head. He wrote this himself and said, when I studied what y'all talking about, I realized that I had to put a culture with it. When I put the culture with it, I realized this is my culture. This is my people. This is my belief system. This is how we worship. This is what we do. Right? How you doing, Rebecca? Thanks for being on. How you doing, Rach Yahweh? Right? So, so then you take that to the next level, though. The same missionary we were talking about earlier, what we call white man, who went in earlier, he came in there, he saw what was going on, he knew about Negro land, he knew that this was supposed to be where the scattered Israelites were on the map and all this stuff. He goes there and he starts realizing, hey, these people already know the word. He learns some stuff from them. And when he goes back to other missionaries who are gonna come over there, he says, hey, when you guys go over there, make sure, watch this. He said, make sure, this is what he tells them. He says, make sure that you um, study your Old Testament. <laughs> he said, because they're not going to identify with you if you come with that New Testament mentality only. This is one of the missionaries from Europe. No lie. He said, if you go over to West Africa, if you're going to go over to this place and you're going to be a missionary, you're going to give them the truth, you can't come with just the, old, the New Testament only because they follow the Torah to this day. Which means that if they follow the Torah, you can't win them over without learning your Torah. 
That's what he said. That I, I didn't say, this is his story, not my story. One of their missionaries came over to us and said, if you're going to win them over to Christ, you can't come over there and dismiss the Old Testament because they're not going to listen to you because they can't believe that you can get to Yahushua'i without following the law. Shalom, how you doing, Elwin? It's right there, right? It's, that's his story, not even my story. Even though it is our story, it's the truth, but that's what he says, not me. <laughs> right? Oluwadah Equiano. Somebody take it from there. He said the same thing. Flavius Josephus, somebody we look at for Roman history, right? And somebody who tells us our story because he is an Israelite. He says the same thing. Yet people keep telling us, oh, no, you can't find this anywhere. Right? It's got to be holy, holistic, holy. Put a W before that H. Alav, Aleph, one. See, so we got to reverse the mythology. The myth is, the myth has become... Hey, this is what people even say to you, right? They say, why are you talking about the Bible? What did you believe before the Bible? Before you called it a Biblios or a Bible or a set of books, we believed in the Torah. Right? I, I, we talked about this today, early Rise of Bible study session. We listened to the song. Um, to some of you who were on when we started playing the song was one of the songs we listened to, Kumama Papae, where they talk about Yahweh, Yahava, Yahaba. Talk about Yesu. Right? This is Africa. The names that they're using. And then they flipped it at the end because they knew you wouldn't comprehend what they were talking about. So they, they, they made people happy at the end. Then they start saying, they, instead of saying um, Yahweh and saying Yesu, then they say Jesus. To make sure that you recognize what's going on because they know a lot of people are not going to catch it. But that's how they describe him over there. They're not talking about Jesus this, Jesus that. They had to be taught that stuff. But ultimately there's people over there that still keep the commandments. Don't forget Christopher Columbus, who learned about even being able to get over to Espana, which now is Haiti. He had to be able to, or not Espana, is it, well, what did they call it? Forgive me. I forget what they called it originally when he got over there, but or what they determined through the doctrine of discovery, right? But remember, he had to bring a Hebrew interpreter because they were looking for the land of Asheroth, 2nd Esther chapter 13, looking for the land of Asheroth. They knew that they were looking for people who looked like the Negroes who they, they already started enslaving and they took Negroes over, at least people who could talk to Negroes to make sure that they could be able to have the language barrier taken down so they can go ahead and do this Balaam doctrine, which is give you doctrine that's a stumbling block to them so that they could enslave them. No, that's what they call it now. Dominican Republic is not the original name, right? That's half of it now is Dominican Republic, right? Half of Dominicano, half of Haitian, right? But, but these are things that are there. Right, that they they literally said it's in it's it's in the text, and when they got over there, the people were making West African um, weapons, and they were married into West African people. They said they knew about West Africa already, and they said that can't be. They took the weapons with them when they took slaves, and they studied it, and they found out that the metallurgy, in other words, the same way the weapons were made in West Africa were made the same way where they got when they got to Haiti. So that's Dominican Republic. Same people, same weapons, same language. But the myth is, is that you didn't know any of this until a white man introduced you to it. The white man, suppose, the white man, right? White man had to be introduced to it by you. And then he what? Reversed it. And we got to re-reverse. We got to reverse the myth. When he reversed it, he made it mythology. Now we got to go through the ology, the logia, the logic, the study of it. And now we got to reverse it so that it's no longer mythical, but it becomes practical.
right? This is why, yeah, he gave it the remix, right? <laughs> right? This is why we have to realize, right? Right before, right before Big Papa said it was all a dream, right? The music existed. If you know the origin of it, you think of it differently than you do if you don't know the origin. Right? Sickest game of Uno. <laughs> I, I never thought about it like that. How you doing, Anthony? Thanks for being on. Shalom to everybody on. on. Join us for the podcast. If you're coming over from Facebook, if you're on YouTube, if you're on TikTok, we appreciate your presence today. Thank you so much. Right? So we got to have an honest conversation, some honest dialogue about this, fam. This is your culture. And somebody reversed it. It's time to bring it back. Days of the week. Amon, days of the week. So what is Sunday? Where does it come from? Right in the most modern way, we'll work our way back some. We're gonna have to mix and match different theologies because remember, the colonizer never identifies himself with who he colonizes, but it doesn't mean he doesn't appropriate. Let me just bring that back real quick. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me just bring that back again into our mindset. The colonizer never identifies with who he colonizes, but the colonizer will do what? The colonizer will appropriate. Anything that is appropriate, it means that somebody, this is what the word appropriate means. The word appropriate means that um, it was taken without permission, right? And it was used ultimately for financial benefit. And it was taken from a culture that is not their own. Go look up, do a Google search real quick. I don't want you to believe that I'm lying, right? I want you to believe in the word, right? I'm just, a, I'm a vessel, I'm sent. All right? I'm, not the, I'm not the origin of these words. I'm not here to tell you. I'm, I'm here. I'm not here to tell you uh, a fictional fallacy again. I'm not here to try and get you to believe me over the truth. I'm not trying to get you to just think that because I say it, therefore it is true. I want you to look it up if you if you get time. How you doing, brother Jermaine? But remember, to, uh, to for something to be appropriate, it means it must be somebody else's culture. It must be snatched without permission. We call that thievery, right? Like right, just like in the UK and England. You got the Benin people in the Benin Empire saying, give us our stuff back. And over the years, they won't give it back, but they'll sell it back to you. How are you going to take what's mine and then try to sell it back to me? Right? The arrogance and the evil of that. And how you doing, Darren? Thanks for being on. Right? Seriously. Right? So somebody has taken your culture. These words were something different. The culture behind it was something different. And the, but the colonizer never identifies as who he's colonized but he will appropriate what is indigenous. So they take it, they move it, they maneuver it, and then they give it back to you. Just like, um, and this is all stuff we've been posting recently, strangely enough, um, or not even strangely, Holy Spirit led, I guess all this coming together, right? So even like Santa Claus, now we know that Santa Claus is made up and it's a five different Santa Clauses of different origin and all that stuff. And we know it comes to the compass and we know black, it, Sorry, it comes with compass and black peat and things of that nature. We know all these things, right? But Santa Claus and how you look at him now, Santa Claus, the reason why you think he's like like the way he is and fat and all the stuff that they tell you specifically now is because Coca-Cola changed the way Santa Claus lives. Looks. Right? They took even the myth and they changed it so that you would buy Coke. Right? Your Santa Claus, if you think about him, Santa Claus looks like a Coke, uh, a, a Coke can. Right? Coca-Cola company wanted to sell. So what did they do? They took the myth. They made it appropriate. They snatched it. 
they took it, right? They dressed it up. They said, okay, let's go ahead and have this Santa Claus that looks like this red can that everybody's already into in this mythology. We just changed it and shifted it just a touch. And so now you'll buy it. You'll buy into it because we made it look appealing to you. You're already addicted to the sugar and stuff we put in there. Matter of fact, at this time, let's be honest, you're addicted to the cocaine that comes in the, with the cola nut in there because it wasn't, it wasn't as much sugar. It was just straight. We put in cocaine and cola nuts. Yes, we know about that with Odin and stuff, and, and we talk about that all the time. Look up Futurama, look up a Futurama episode on YouTube, put in Futurama, Santa Claus, and see how evil it was, and then try to figure out why does he have a sleigh, what you gotta do with Thor, well also Odin's flu, right? And Odin during winter solstice was somebody you could get away from, that's why you went inside, you chopped down the tree and stuff to try and have life in your house. When it started to pass, the, the tree started to lose its life, you need to get the tree out of your house, right? Which is why people still to this day don't want to, uh, Christmas trees in there, but so long. It's cultural, right? I'm with you, right? But what I'm talking about, the Santa Claus that you recognize today, right? The way that you look at him today is because of what? <laughs> right? The Santa Claus that you look at today is because of what? Of Coca-Cola said, I'm going to take that myth and I'm going to appro appropriate it. I'm going to make it appropriate. And you think it's appropriate to even watch this sit on the lap of this, of this person. Where does that even come from? It's cultural, right? So Sunday... And we'll break these down even further. Sunday is the day of worshiping the sun. Right? Even if you want to go to the Roman way of looking at it, Sol, Sol Evictus. Right? Day of worshiping the sun. That wasn't a thing of people in Africa do. And I know people say, well, the S-O-N is the S-U-N. That's not comedic. Right? Character. We talked about this earlier. If you know comedic characters, and I'm not big on them. Right? I don't know them as well as I know Avra or Paleo-Hebrew. But I will tell you that character phonetic sounds even right they come with a character if you look up the character for ra ra's character is not the same as the sun's character the sun is the iman so iman is not looking like ra not amen not amun not iman right you don't even we don't know the difference of the characters so iman and kemet is not the same character as ra so the whole rhyming thing the s-o-n is the s-u-n that doesn't even make sense to the people of kemet right but the people who mix iron and clay the christians roman catholics roman catholic church translated into rome romantic universal circus they created a circus for you and now here you are trying to go ahead and use that to identify yourself or say where this stuff came from it's not even the same culture they bastardized it. They appropriated it. And here you are using what's appropriate. But that's why we said earlier in different teachings, you need to be inappropriate. Right? You talk about Lent. Lent comes from Lupercalia, which is why you have this thing of it used to be wolf. And people would have these crazed, uh, drawn out orgies and stuff like that for months and months and months trying to be like the wolf. At least what they understood the wolf to be at the time. So here you are trying to take on Lent. Not realizing that Lent, what comes right before Lent? What comes before Ash Wednesday? Fat Tuesday, Carnival, right? Everybody do your stuff, right? Day before, right? Get all your stuff in, day before. And then after that, fast for 40 days, right? This is what they're telling you. <laughs> right? This is what they're telling you. And we got restricted again. It is what it is, right? I told you it's going to be difficult to do this series. They're going to restrict us every single day. That's fine, right? But these are the things that we have to realize that are going on. Even the fact that they're restricted, you got to think, why would they restrict truth? 
But I'll leave that there. So, Sunday, they are worshiping the sun, Sol Evictus, right? Because they tried to change the cosmology. They took it from, from Avra or Hebrew cosmology. They took it from biblical cosmology. They took it from Elohim's cosmology. And they turned it into what? They turned it into a global cosmology. And then from there, really, that was turning it into everything goes around the sun. But they didn't believe everything went around the sun. Matter of fact, look it up. In the United States of America, even into the early 1900s, teachers were being arrested when they were trying to tell people that the earth was what? Round. Does that surprise you, by the way? See, so quickly. Remember, the school system just came to be. The school system is still new in time. You were supposed to train yourselves, train your children. In the 1900s, the early 1900s, people are still being arrested because they're telling people the earth is round, right? Um, what does the UN flag look like? That's in the 1900s. United, or no, sorry, United Nations, excuse me. The League of Nations. What does the League of Nations flag look like? Matter of fact, Here's something for you if you want to go deep down this rabbit hole. Have you ever noticed that if you're going from, uh, so let's say you're going, like, like let's say we're going from Ghana um, to Washington, D.C., to Ronald Reagan National Airport, Baltimore National Airport. Let's say we're going to Georgia, whatever, right? But let's say, let's say we're going from, just to make it easy for me in my head, D.C. to Ghana or Ghana to D.C., if I'm going from Ghana to D.C., where do I stop? If I need to refuel, where am I going to stop? I'm going to stop somewhere, right, on the continent of where? Make it easy. I'm usually going to stop somewhere in the continent of where? Right, roll with me now. I just want to show you something. There's something to miss. If I get on a plane and I'm going from Ghana and I'm trying to make it to North America... So I'm going from Africa, West Africa, matter of fact, almost kind of sort of Southwest Africa. And I'm trying to get to the United States of America. I will have to stop where? I have to stop in Europe. But is that not odd? Because according to your global cosmology, that means that I have to go north and then come down south. I have to go north and then they'll say, oh, no, you guys go straight across. Mm -mm. I have to go north and then I got to come back down when it would be easier. Matter of fact, it's actually faster for me to fly from like Jamaica to Ghana than it is to fly from Ghana or, or, or Jamaica to Ghana than it is for me to go from Amer America to Europe. So I could just technically just go from Ghana to America. Why is it that I have to go to Europe first? See, this is when we got to be careful because now, yes, racism is real, but watch this. Now we got to start coming up with theories that don't make any sense. So, oh, yeah, well, what I'll do is um, it's because they just want money in Europe or this and that or whatever. That don't make sense. That's not, that's not what it is. I know you think that they'll go that far out the way, but they're actually going to lose. You, you tell me they're going to lose money and lose gas money and stuff like that. No, no, no. It doesn't make sense. It's not. It's, it, it doesn't make sense. Why not just charge me more to go straight across? The reality of the situation is, is that. Ghana on a map, if you look at it from the you, the League of Nations map, Ghana is going to fly over Europe to get to D.C. The plane must go from Ghana over Europe to get to D.C., which means Europe is in between. This happens quite often. Go look up your flight patterns, right, and where they come from and how they have to get places. Also, too, here's another thing. Have you ever thought about the fact that... Um, 
no plane has once ever flown over Antarctica. Have you ever thought to yourself that NASA, I'm not telling you stuff, once again, this is not conspiracy theory. This is stuff that you can look up on NASA itself. NASA has to control the flight plan, plans for everybody across the planet. And then when we look at even what they call the globe and stuff, we come to find out, oh yeah, that map projection is, is evil, it's off, it's bad, it's wrong. And NASA, right, does mean to deceive. Matter of fact, in Avra, in Paleo-Hebrew, even, it means part of the definition, part of it, I'll be honest, but part of the definition is even deception. And NASA themselves will tell you there's not one picture that you've ever seen from them that has not been doctored in some way. Ever? Yeah, ever. Well, what does that mean, ever? Ever. Even back to the 1960s. There's not one picture that you've ever seen. Look up satellite. Do a... Do a um, Look up satellite. I'm not talking about just going to a museum. I'm talking about look up satellite in uh, just Google search satellite. And you will discover that you will never see an actual satellite. You will always see an artist rendering. You've never seen a satellite that hasn't been artist rendered that's in space. Now, somebody would say, well, it's because we can't see satellites, but there's satellites around the globe. Why are they always artist rendering? Why is it that we only see the satellite in its real, actual form on Earth, but we never see... I'm, I'm just putting stuff out. Once again, I'm not here to focus on that. I'm just trying to get you to see there's a lot of stuff going on, right? So Sunday, day of worshiping the sun, Sol Evictus, the sun, Baldur, the sun, bright, right? Um, Baldur in um, Norse theology. I know a lot of you play the God of War, you think Baldur is evil. Baldur is actually supposed to be the opposite of. That's them reversing the mythology again. So you'll be begin to believe that, hey, it doesn't matter if you're good or evil. It doesn't matter, right? But Baldur, Norse theology, Sol Evictus, Romans, right? You're dealing with um, Apollos in the Greek. You're dealing with the sun. See, this is when Apollos, when they started mixing iron and clay, they started saying, well, if you follow Christ, we'll just put uh, make the temple of Apollos now the temple of Christ. So in your mind, the S-O-N is the S-U-N. That's Roman Catholic. That's Western Roman Empire, right? And eventually Eastern Roman Empire as well. Ottoman Empire versus the Roman Catholic Church Empire. Right? But in your head, you go, oh, no, that's African. That's Kemetic. They did not believe that. Matter of fact, we forget that in Kemet, were there not fights and wars between factions and dynasties and people that were out there? Were there not people who were frustrated about the fact that some people wanted to worship just one and some wanted to worship all. You, you believe that everything has always been polytheist. Some of you, they'll tell you, oh yeah, everybody in Kemet. But before Kemet, there was even Kush. Don't forget, Kush is like England and Kemet is like America in this context, right? That Kush came first. Kush is the older brother. Kush is the first civilization. Even in your Bible, Kush precedes Kemet. They both come out of Ham, but Kush is the oldest. Kush was the one dealing with the stuff. Kush is the one who, who Nimrod comes out of. Kush is the one where Ishtar is who's married to and then marries her own son after Kush gets dismissed and they, they can't build a tower and stuff like that. Kush. See, not all skin folk is kin folk. You just go into this thing, white versus black, this and that. This is a spirit. These mythologies, the myth comes there. And so the Roman Catholic Church, they took pieces of this stuff, right, that they don't even fully study for themselves and they're appropriating, right? And they take it and now here you are claiming that it's yours.